Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dreams Unlimited Travel Podcast. My name is John Magi, and I'll be your host. And in this episode, we're going to talk about planning a Walt Disney World vacation with someone who does not speak English or for who the English is not their uh, first language. That might be their second language. Uh, I am joined via the internet by our panel of experts, client services manager for Dreams Unlimited Travel, Kevin Close. Hi, everyone. I apologize for that noise. That was me. Agent for Dreams Unlimited Travel and host of the Sea Disney podcast, Federico Agar. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for being here, Federico. Thank you, everybody at home, for joining us. We really appreciate it. Um, so happy to be doing this topic. Uh, we have been doing a bunch of topics for planning with folks who have disabilities or might be older or, you know, certain specific needs. And we feel like this was one we wanted to do for a long time but couldn't. So we're so happy to be able to address this with you guys and have Federico join us for it. Now, I want to make sure before we get started that people know who Federico is, and so we'll get to know him a little bit before we jump into the topic. Federico, what do you want folks to know about you? So I'm from Colombia. I live in Medellin currently, and between Medellin and Cartagena, which is in the Caribbean coast of Colombia, and I have been working with Dreams uh, since almost a year now. I started uh, in the beginning of last year. And when I started, I talked to John and Pete about um, being a Spanish agent and, you know, reaching out to people in Latin America or in the United States who speak Spanish to help them plan their vacations. And I came up with the idea of creating a Spanish version of uh, the disc of WW Info. And during the pandemic, I started translating almost, I think it was like 300 pages of information into Spanish um, because I thought that that information was so well done in English and there was a lack of that in Spanish. Um, so I got into that um, great job because I learned so much from it um, during the pandemic and started working as an agent for for dreams as well. Excellent. Tell us about your first time to Disney and how many times you've been. Uh, my first time was when I was 10 years old in 1996. It was the 25th. All right, so we're going to end the show there. So I actually saw the castle as a as a, uh, uh, a cake as a birthday cake for my first time, and then I, I came back to Colombia and I started being obsessed with Disney and I tried to, we didn't have the internet in Colombia back then, or at least I didn't have it. So I tried to look for information all over the place because I wanted to know as much as I could about Disney. Um, and then um, when I grew up, I went to Argentina to do my bachelor and my master's in art history. That's my academic uh, career is as, as an art historian and I came back to Colombia um, to do my PhD here in art history, Latin American art history and since then I started just traveling to Disney and uh, mostly most of the of the trips I did were as an adult so I get to experience it, experience it in a different 
way. I've been, I think, uh, eight, nine times. Wow. So um, I think in 1996, it's not unusual that you couldn't find a lot of information about Disney. None of us could. You know, it really wasn't something that was out there. Uh, there were some small sites doing some stuff. And of course, the Diz started a few years after that. But after, you know, sort of the internet exploded and there's the Diz and there's all the stuff that we're doing about it, there was still a lack of uh, information for folks who spoke Spanish, correct? It wasn't like, oh, okay, all of a sudden, everyone's doing this. Yeah, so it was it was kind of interesting because the reason why I started learning how to speak English was because I felt like I needed to know how to speak English to gain access to that information. Uh, I remember we have the Disney Channel back then when I was a kid, and there was a show called Inside Out that was in the in the parks. Uh, that was like my first and the only connection that I have with information about Disney. Um, so I needed to learn how to speak English to understand what these people are saying and showing in this in this program. Um, but uh, it was shocking to me that. Uh, even with the internet and with all the information that we have right now, uh, there wasn't a, a, a source of information like WDW info, like the this in Spanish uh, that you can access when you have questions or you, when you want to have uh, information about uh, an, a specific attraction or something more deep than what you can get from the uh, Disney official uh, web site um so that that's what that's why it was so important for me to to do all the the work of translating all those all those pages and all that information because i thought it was important for people in the planning process um to have that in their language yeah i mean we um we even saw a need within dreams unlimited travel you know we were lacking folks who spoke spanish to address potential clients who, you know, wanted to work with someone with a, who spoke Spanish. So it was something that we wanted to address as well. And we think it's great. You've got to, we've got a great new resource for them. Uh, see Disney, S-I, as in yes in Spanish, Disney. And that's also the name of the podcast that you host, as well as the website. So exactly. We have a website. Um, we have the YouTube channel. Uh, and we have also presence in Instagram and Facebook, so you can follow us there. Follow follow us there, and maybe learn some Spanish if you don't know. I mean, if I learn English with this, maybe you could do the other way around. Well, I think uh, you know a lot of people learn another language out of necessity. You learned English because you wanted to come to Disney and you wanted to get that information. We learn different languages when we travel there. You know, when we, Kevin and I go to different countries, we make sure listen, we're not fluent in it by any means, but we always try to pick up something or learn something so that we can talk to people locally. Now, we're lucky. English is very prominent all over the world, especially if you go to metropolitan cities. You know, if you go to Paris or uh, Barcelona or any places around the world where there are large numbers of people who are tourists, People, the locals will speak that will speak English, but yeah, it's sort of that necessity of learning, needing to learn it. So um, let's talk about uh, for folks who don't speak English, 
and they're looking to plan their trip to Disney. Obviously, they can use the website and the podcast as a reference. But what are the things that they need to know for coming to the United States, maybe, or not speaking English? I mean, travel all over the world is universal, right? There's nothing different about getting on a plane or anything like that. We want them to know. But what do we want them to know specifically, just for the pre-trip plan, pre-trip vacation part of it? Uh, well, I think even for me, I, I speak English, well, maybe not perfectly, but I think I can um, manage myself in English. Uh, and even for me, when I'm working, um, like, for example, with a client and I want to, I need to call Disney for something. Most of the time I, pre I prefer to talk to someone who speaks Spanish because it's easier. It's going to be, uh, a much more simple process when I'm planning something from for, for a client. Um, so when you're planning a vacation, especially to a place like Disney World that has so many details and so many things that you have to consider when you're um, organizing a trip and so many options that you have to uh, decide from, uh, having someone who speaks Spanish or who speaks your your language who can help you right away with the planning and with tips and with recommendations goes a long way. It's gonna help you a lot and it's gonna also it's gonna like take away take away the fear, especially when you come to the United States for the first time. Um, a lot of people don't know that Florida is a place where you're going to find people in Spanish who speak Spanish or at least who can understand what you're saying. Uh, and we always go to that place that we never been before scare uh, because it's something new and because of the problems that a language barrier may, may present, uh, you know, what if I get lost? What, what should I do? Who, who how am I, how am I, like, how, how am I going to, Um, solve any problems that I have. Um, so having someone who can guide you through the process and also tell you, like, it's okay, people are going to understand you, they're going to be able there to help you in anything you can't, so don't be afraid. They receive people from all over the world who don't speak English, so they are prepared to deal with people who are going to be frustrated when Is, is hard for them to understand uh, what the cast member of the person is saying. Um, so to answer your question, my first recommendation is get someone who speak your, if you speak your language that can be like a bridge between the experience that you're going to have and the barriers of language that you may have. I would say that Florida's second language is Spanish. There's a great many Spanish-speaking people in Florida, and especially in Central Florida. I don't mean especially. There are Spanish-speaking people all over Florida, but there's a great many in Central Florida. And many cast members are bilingual. On their name tag, they will have a little flag hanging below their name that will tell you what languages they speak. And I would say the vast majority of those that are waving that little foreign language flag would be Spanish. Mm -hmm. I would agree with that. Yeah. And, you know, you know, Americans are great because we're uh, famous for when we don't know what you're saying or we're trying to communicate with you, we talk 
slowly. And loud. And loudly. We figure that's how we're going to get you to understand this. And that <laughs> is not the case. So before we get to Disney, we haven't got to Walt Disney World yet. They get off the plane. They get it. They're in, in Orlando International Airport. Easy airport to get through. Um, is it okay for folks who don't speak English or is it a challenge? So I don't, I don't think it's that complicated to go through the um, Orlando International Airport as it is, for example, in other cases, as uh, I went to Atlanta International Airport, that one is massive and it's very scary for someone who's never been there and who doesn't speak English. Hey, it's this, scary for us. I speak English. Yeah. <laughs> and it's still it scary. Is, it's like a, a city with all the transportation system. And um, in, in Orlando, I found it very, very easy to move around. And it's actually very fun because you have the Disney store, the Universal store. So it's a, it's, it's a friendly place that you, you're already getting a hinge, hinge of what you're going to get hit of what you're going to get uh, in the parks. Um, I have on my Orlando last trip. Orlando is also light and bright. It's a very sunny place. Orlando's very, the Orlando airport is very well lit. And I don't know why, but I think that makes it more user-friendly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And since it's used by a lot of people from Latin America, uh, I had a, a guy who approached to me on my last trip and he was just asking me, do you speak Spanish? And I was like, yeah, sure. Uh, and he was asking how to get to the exit. And I'm just like, follow everyone because we're all going into the same direction. Uh, and it was very easy for him to to solve that problem he had in that moment. So uh, my experience has been very, very easy with Orlando um, compared to other places at least. Orlando does a good job of, you know, there's pictures. So, you know, this way to the to the luggage and this way to the tram. And yeah, when my father flew by himself once, I told him, I said, here's the deal. Just follow the stream of people. Mm-hmm. Just follow the line of traffic because everyone's going in the same direction. You can't really get lost. Um, so we got to the airport. Um, what, I mean, I assume you guys probably taken Disney's Magical Express, even though that's going to be going away. Does that, something that work well for folks or should it, we to Uber? What should you suggest? I use uh, all of them, I think, except taxis. But um, with Uber, it's very easy uh, just to, you know, because you have very good internet, uh, Wi-Fi connection on the airport. So if you don't have a SIM card from the US, you can just log in and get an Uber from the from the uh, baggage claim and just wait for them right outside. And of course, if you use Magical Express, um, it's even more uh, easy to to find the place and to go through all the process and to get in the bus and get into your hotel. Um, so yeah, I think it's compared to other places, again, very easy. Excellent. All right, so you've gotten to the resort. Now, um, with the new thing where you where you check in before you arrive. Um, is the app easy for folks to use uh, who don't speak English? Is there, I don't even know this. Is there the app available in other languages? No, it's not. And that is where it gets a bit complicated because right now we don't have my Disney experience in Spanish. And I don't think it's 
available in any other languages. Um, so you have to understand a bit of how it works and get familiar with the app before your trip in order to know how to do the check-in and how to unlock your um, room door with the app. But my suggestion is always go to the front desk. Even if you manage to um, do the online online check-in, go to the front desk, speak to someone. They're going to know how to speak Spanish or they're going to try to find someone who speaks Spanish. And you're going to be able to solve all the questions that you have and you're going to be able to you know, get more uh, familiar with the place and with the layout of the resort. Um, so I think it's always a good idea, even if you have um, knowledge on how to uh, work the app to go to the front desk. But yeah, that's a problem. We don't have it in Spanish. And as Kevin said, you look for someone who's got the little name, tag, the, the, the flag on their name tag that tells you what language they speak. And if you can't find somebody right away, like you don't, recognize them, always ask, you know, that's always the best thing to do. Disney's great. Cast members are wonderful. They want to help you and they want to find someone to help you. So that makes it a lot easier. All right. So we've gotten to the room. Let's talk about the parks. Now I know that the parks have maps in different languages. Are these helpful to folks or is it just kind of like, it's nice to have it. I think they're very helpful. Uh, especially because you have a lot of different languages that you can choose from. Um, and since, again, the app... They're not all the same map. When you walk in to any park, there is a, um, a stand with different maps on it, and they'll have them in different languages. It's not a confusing map where everything is on the same thing. You would choose the map that would benefit you. Correct. Exactly. You're going to find it in the entrance of the park. Uh, is there are free, of course, and you just have to look for the, the language that you speak or your kids speak. Uh, and you can, they're very cute. I, I used to have them as uh, souvenirs uh, when I went to the park as a kid. So, and they're very good. Even when you, again, know how to work with the app, sometimes you get... Uh, without batteries on your cell phone and having the map is a good way to move around and to know the, the times where the shows when they have them um, are and to find the, the guest services offices and everything that you may need in your visit to the parks. So that's a good thing. Again, with the resorts, cast members are great with they understand people from all over the world come to Disney World. So even if they if they don't speak your language, or if you can't find someone who says that speaks your language on the name tag, they're gonna be able to help you finding someone who does. So just be calm, don't stress, and even if you have a big problem, just be patient and tell them I don't speak English. Help me, please, to find someone because is going to be easier to communicate in my language. Yeah, getting around is easy. I mean, the map is is good to have for the specifics, but, you know, the great thing about any Walt Disney World theme park is that it's all laid out really well. So it's kind of intuitive, right? You can get your way around and figure out your way around. 
So let's talk about specifics now. Let's talk about rides, shows, attractions. Um, I know that for some rides and, and shows that there's a listening device that does translations. What do you know about those devices? Yes. So the, the uh, devices are called Ears to the World, um, Orejas del Mundo, if you speak Spanish. Um, they are for free, and uh, you do have to pay $25 as a deposit. And if you um, take back the device in good shape, they're going to give you back the $25 uh, per, per device. Um, and they are available in, I think is Japanese, uh, German, French, uh, Portuguese, and Spanish. I think it is. Um, and they are only available for some of the attractions. Now you have to be aware that the translation that you're going to get is very, um, like a very direct translations. For example, Uh, there are some attractions, there are some rides that um, even if you get a translation, you're not going to understand the, the whole meaning of the attractions. I'm thinking, for example, of the Jungle Cruise. The Jungle Cruise is a very particular case because it depends a lot on the jokes uh, that the skipper, the, the cast member, um, it makes in the trip. Um, And the translation you're going to get from the devices is going to be very, um, like a very uh, a direct description of what you're seeing. Like, for example, now we are going to see the elephants and then we're going to go to this part of the jungle. Uh, so you're going to be hearing a cast member who is telling jokes and you're going to be hearing people around you laughing from those jokes, jokes, and you're not going to understand what, I mean, what's happening. Right. So you do have to be aware that is, is a good tool uh, to get the main picture of what the attraction is about, but some of the specific uh, like colors of the attraction, you may lose from the translation. Yeah, this isn't available for every attraction. It's select attractions. And there's going to be somewhere it's going to be more, you know, one for one. You know, I think it's a carousel progress. You know, this is a script. So you're going mm -hmm. to hear it as it's read on the ride and word for word. But anywhere where there's sort of a, a nuance to it, you know, just realize you're going to miss some stuff. Um, let's. So for the stuff that doesn't have... Um, the availability of Spanish translations or any other language except for English. Do you find that the rides lose something if you don't understand what's going on? You know, let's say Spaceship Earth or, you know, uh, Rise of the Resistance or any ride where, you know, you might say, I, I, is it hard to follow the story? Okay. It's funny that you mentioned Spaceship Earth because that's the only one attraction that has the possibility of getting it in different languages. So oh. when you get in the ride, you're going to see a screen in front of you, a touch screen, that you can choose the language that you want because it's a history of communication. Um, so they try to make it uh, approachable to people who have different languages. Uh, and the whole experience is going to be in your language. Um, so that's, that's a different one. 
but it really depends on the attraction, in my opinion, or the show. Um, I think there are some cases where you're going to lose a lot and even it's going to become a boring experience if you don't speak English. But in most of the cases, it's not. Uh, and I believe that is because Disney is, they do such a great job with storytelling that the way they, they tell that story is not only with the speaking voice, with, you know, with the speech. It, they do it with sounds, with smells, with colors, with, with the whole uh, ride experience. So you're going to get something even if you don't understand the, the, what people are saying. Um, but, there are other cases. For example, I always tell my clients to be very aware, for example, in the total talk with Crush, the, the interactive experience in the Seas Pavilion in Epcot, um, because it's a, an experience for kids. And I believe that you have to be aware and you have to tell your kids and prepare your kids before the experience uh, that you're going to have to, you're going to have a character that is going to be speaking to the kids in a language that he or she is not going to understand. Um, so it may be a frustrating experience for especially young kids who wants to talk to the character, wants to have an, ex an interactive experience with them. Uh, and they're not going to be able to do that. So it really depends. But in most of the cases, I don't think it's a problem. That leads me to another question. This isn't a, an issue now because there aren't the same character interactions, but what do you tell folks to tell their kids when it does come to character interactions that perhaps the, the character won't speak their language or do you find that that doesn't matter? I don't think, I don't think it matters because, as, again, these cast members and these characters are used to interacting with people from all over the world in different languages. And they're very good at knowing how to approach the people who are uh, talking to them. Like, for example, if you are shy and you, you feel uncomfortable talking to them, they know how to react. They know how to, how, how close to be or how to, you know, make that interaction. And I think the same thing happens with, Uh, finding someone who doesn't speak their languages. Like uh, they understand and they're going to try to find a way to make it easy and to make it comfortable for the other person. They are, I, I, don't, I don't know, I think they're trained or they're really good at it. Um, so with character interactions, I don't think there's a problem. You just have to um, don't be scared and enjoy the moment. And if you can understand, they're going to be able to, navigate they're going to be able to sort of read the room and figure out what that needs to be done at that moment um, exactly. what about food what about dining experiences is this an issue i mean i i would imagine that food is universal so it's easy to figure out what to do in a restaurant is there any barriers to anything that happens with the language barrier in restaurants uh so Uh, we were talking about my Dixon experience and the fact that it wasn't in Spanish, for example, or any other languages. But if you go to um, Disney's official website, 
you're going to be able to see that that page in in your language or in Spanish, for example. Um, so they have their the menus from all the restaurants, and you're going to be able to see that uh, if you don't understand what something means or what kind of food are they talking about on the menu. That's a great, a good way to see the 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 food in your language, and also, I mean, we all have these uh, devices, and this is great. When even for me, when I don't understand something or I have doubts, I connect to the uh, Wi-Fi, Disney Wi-Fi, um, the internet connection, and just look on whatever app I use for translation, like Google Translate and look if I don't understand any food item and I just, I'm going to be able to see what it is. Or even if it's something that we're not used to having in our countries, um, you can Google it and you're going to see pictures of it and you're going to understand. So technology is a great help to, to deal with that. It breaks down barriers. I mean, it, it helps for everything. It helps for us traveling somewhere where we don't speak the language. You know, we can definitely look things up and figure and more, stuff out. On more than one occasion, we've Googled something on a menu. Yeah. <laughs> and found that it was like fish guts or something. And decided <laughs> it's made with toes or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm going to say in a nutshell of what I've always thought is that Disney is a welcoming place for everybody and everyone should feel comfortable there and they're going to do everything they can to make this great experience for you. But what about the thing Disney can't control, which is other guests? Do you find that there's problems with other guests in the parks if you're not speaking English or if maybe someone recognizes you're from another country? Does that pose any problems? Um, no, I don't, I mean, I don't think so. I usually, I mean, we're very different in, at least in Latin America. Um, like the connect, the, the, like the protocol of connecting with other people is different. We're, we're used to looking at people at the, at the eyes or at the face, you know, and maybe that in some other places in the world is unpolite or is rude even. Um, so I think it's just a matter of understanding that you're living your country, you're living your culture, and it's a good way to learn from other culture, from learn from learn from other people, and understanding their culture. Um, so you're always gonna find, not always, but you may find um, some cases where that cultural thing is, you know like you feel uncomfortable because you're not used to that. But just remember that you're traveling and that you're going to find that things that makes us different. And that's not a bad thing. Um, and, but in Disney world specifically, since it's a place visited by people from all over the world, I think there's a, like a, I don't know. I feel like in my opinion, there's a sense of tolerance or, that people understand that not all of the people visiting are Americans or are from Orlando. And they have different cultures, different backgrounds. So it's easy to, to, you know, get that experience. Right. There's really, you don't, my opinion. You, you don't run into sort of bigotry or anybody being mean to you. Um, this is true wherever we've been in the world. 
you know, that's true within the United States, though, too. That you can run into different ways of doing things right here in the United States. Yes, it's a very multicultural country, so I think you're used to that. Anytime we've ever traveled someplace where we don't speak the language, I have always found that a smile and please and thank you Mm -hmm. gets you really, really far. I find that people are then willing, it seems that people are willing to step forward and help you. And as I, John said earlier, as Americans, we think if we talk slow and loud, you're going to understand what we're saying. So it, it, I think that's just an American thing, that the louder we talk, the, the, the more clear it will become. So I think a smile and please and thank you all over the world. If you know how to say it wherever you're going, you've got, you've got a head start. Mm-hmm. I agree. Anything we miss, Federico, anything we didn't cover? that you run into with folks who don't speak English? Just my, my advice is always uh, take it easy and don't be stressed. If you, even if you find yourself in a situation when, where uh, you're stressed because you need an answer or you need to solve them, a problem solve, um, just be calm and people are going to be there to help you and if you if if there's a, a communication problem, uh, they're gonna try to find a way to find someone who can, who can understand what you're saying. So just relax and take it easy. Understand that you're in a different country, and you know don't let the situation get the worse of you, um, because the, they are welcoming and ready to help you whatever you need. And always, if you're traveling with small kids. Always is better to talk them in advance uh, in case there's some situations where they may get frustrated for not understanding what they're hearing or what they're seeing. Can I add something? Sure. It also never hurts to add, ask, excuse me, if there's a character that does speak Spanish or Japanese or German. Disney World, I've been told Disney World is the most welcoming place. And we have a person, a friend, who is um, has physical disabilities. And while I'm not talking, they're not the same, I'm not comparing them. He tells me that they will do anything they can to make his experience better. And I would, ex- I would take that out further, that if you're having a problem with hearing, or understanding, or speech, or directions, or if you're not feeling well, someone at Disney World is there to assist you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Sometimes so, you have to ask. You know, you have to ask, for sure. You can't just let it sort of happen at you. Um, it's interesting. You mentioned kids a bunch of times, Federico. What about an older generation? Now, someone your age is more willing to learn to embrace well, I wanted him to be the older generation. <laughs> We're the older generation. You're more inclined to embrace technology and do all those things you need to do to get through. You find that perhaps, and, and here's a, a great example. Um, uh, Latin Americans are very multi-generational when they travel. Mm-hmm. Um, the Hispanic community is very multi-generational. They love to take grandma, grandpa, the parents and the kids. Do you find grandma and grandpa are a little more resilient to 
learning languages or they resistant. may be something what resistant what did i say resilient resistant yeah a little more resistant to learning that stuff no maybe with technology is a bit difficult um because it's a is that's like a different language that is completely like hard to understand and is we have to understand that as a younger generation who grew up with technology we have to be tolerant and to understand that it's not the same for everyone um so i think that when you're traveling with someone older just don't um so you don't give it from granted that your grandma is going to be able to use your the telephone the same way you do you know be patient and help them to be able to have that tools the best way possible but with language i think i mean everyone knows and understands that it's something um very common in our world that we speak different different languages even in latin america we have people who speak very different spanish uh so you have to understand that a word that i said may be something completely different in other country and you have to be aware of that and yeah i think in something earlier i think if you come you you alluded to coming and being open minded if you come in a spirit of i'm going to have a good time no matter what comes at me i think that's going to make it easier i i don't think i don't think anybody's ever going to be stranded i am certain that when you're in a disney park you are going to be able to find someone that communicates with you absolutely you know we we have so we've come at this from a different angle we've been to the disney parks around the world and we've been to the asian parks and it's very different there um it's even because of the written language is so different that mm-hmm. it's hard to sort of piece stuff together and i got to tell you we've never had a problem never had an issue always had fun you just have to sort of embrace it that it's going to be a different experience and that there was a witch in disneyland paris who annoyed me However, I think she was American, wasn't she? I think she was. <laughs> I think she was French. She was American. All right. Uh, Federico, thank you so much for doing this with us. I've been wanting to do this for a while, so then we finally got to it. Thank you so much for inviting me. Um, I will have, it's always good to see you. Good to see you too, Kevin. Uh, I will have Federico's email address up. Uh, during the show, so you'll be able to contact him directly if you'd like to work with a Spanish-speaking agent, uh, or you can write to me, John at DreamsUnlimitedTravel.com, and I will get you to one of our Spanish-speaking agents. You can write to me too, and if it comes in Spanish, it just goes to. <laughs> well, it's been the old days where we used to run it through Google Translate. I did. Oh my gosh, because I'm embarrassed to say that my Spanish comes from Ricky Ricardo. <laughs> my spanish is not very good so you would have to talk very slow and very loud all right thank you guys very much for being a part of the show thank you everybody at home for listening and watching we hope you have a great week and we hope you have a great vacation